Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Here's Pastor Ryan. Amen. So turn with me in your Bibles to the Gospel of John. Chapter 18, beginning in verse 28. That's John chapter 18, beginning with verse 28. Jesus, concerning his impending death on the cross, said in John chapter 12, verse 23, he said, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces uh, much grain. And he goes on to say, He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. And he goes on to say, my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And then a voice came from the father and said, I have and I will glorify my name. It's interesting about the cross, Passion Week, uh, the Passover, as Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It happens every year in the month of Nisan, the Jewish religious calendar. Uh, that's a, a Babylonian term for the month of Abib, which is original in our, in our text, which means tender, as in tender grass or the time of springtime. And so, uh, resurrection Sunday, the cross, the crucifixion, the burial, and the resurrection takes place in the spring. And Abib was supposed to be the first month of their year. God wanted the calendar to start for them on at this time of year. And that's what the cross is for us. It's a sort of New Year's for us, or it should be. A time where we reflect on our walk with the Lord, whether our walk has been sufficient whether we're living lives that are pleasing to the Lord, whether our focus is on the cross, on Jesus Christ, our Lord, our shepherd who died for us, or is our attention on everything else in our lives. This time of year, we need to focus on the Lord. As he was focused to go on the cross, he teaches us so much in that we need to be focused on him. He said, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. And he says, unless a, a, a piece of grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. In other words, he's saying that he has to die. If he doesn't die, we don't get to live. As a seed is planted in the ground and dies, it sits there buried and it looks like it's dead, but it germinates and brings forth life and a crop. His death is going to be seemingly the end for the disciples. But you know the reality. His death leads to our life, our eternal life. He must die. But what's interesting in John chapter 12 is that he 
he, he kind of bundles up servanthood with what he's going to do. He says that we ought to lose our life. Let me, rather than paraphrase, let me read it. He says, he who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. He says, he who hates his own life will keep it for eternal life. That's heavy. He says, if anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will be honored. So in talking about his, his, his upcoming crucifixion, he's also teaching them, I called you to serve. Think about everyone in the Bible who was called. Name me one person that, that you feel was exempt from serving God. He's all about winning our souls so that we would serve him. Why? Because he's so good and worthy of our servanthood that we would lay down our lives as he lays down his life for us. And that's what we're commemorating. He ties in his work on the cross, what he's going to do for you. And then he just starts really, really exhorting us to serve him. And that he who serves them, him and the Father, will honor. And if you think back when you first came to the cross in, in repentance and, and you gave your heart to Jesus Christ, I'm sure, like me, you were willing to do anything if he would just accept you into his kingdom, into his family. Anything. And for many, that love has grown cold. It's a new year, according to the religious Jewish calendar. It's the first year of the first month of the year. So it's the month of new beginnings. That's what the cross should represent to all of us. A new day, 2023, remembering the crucifixion. Boy, the hour sure is late. The Antichrist system is like forming every second of the day because Satan knows that his time is short. But he had to die for us. There's no other way. In John 12, 31, he would say, Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This he said, signifying by what death he would die. His death on the cross was his way of victory. Victory over this sinful fallen world. Victory over Satan. Victory over sin and death. And he knew that by his crucifixion, him being raised up, he would win people to himself. And that's the gospel message still. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to die in our stead. Why? Because the first man ever created, Adam, a representative of us all, him and Eve, sinned in the garden of Eden. Listen to the, the devil, and she was deceived, and Adam was not deceived. He just sinned against God. And so sin and death entered the world through them. Then we're told it was past down to all of us 
This is why all of us, before we come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, we are born dead in our sins. That's why Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn. Why didn't he come to condemn? Because the world's already condemned. He's coming to save the world from the death that came into the world because of Adam's failure in the garden. Jesus is that grain that had to die in order for us to live. And if you want your Christian life or your marriage or your family or your business or whatever he has going on, if you want that to live, then you must hate your life and love God in your business, in your education, in whatever you're doing. In in, in light of your love for God, it should almost seem like, man, you don't like anything else but God. No, I do. (laughs) And you treat all those other things better because you love God so much. And he tied that in with what he said. It is his blood that gives us victory. Unbelievable that when we come to Jesus Christ, that his blood cleanses us of all of our sins and he gives us his the Holy Spirit and we are changed. Now he says, resist the devil and he shall flee from you. The world can try all they want. He is just going to keep messing with them. But us, it's promise. You resist him and he'll flee. You be sober, you be vigilant, because he's going about like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. But you just be a, you, you be aware. You be wise as a serpent, gentle as, as a dove. He has no power over us anymore. And when we die, we don't lose consciousness of the Lord. We just get a new body, eternal life. The cross is serious, super serious. It's beautiful. But it's serious. Revelation chapter 12, 11, it says, And they overcame him, that Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. Again, Jesus said, Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. He said it 2,000 years ago. Now the world is judged. Now Satan is cast out. And you're thinking, well, it doesn't look like it, Lord. The world's just a mess with the wrath of man and the wrath of Satan. Yeah, but they don't have power over you as a believer. That's the difference. You are awake. The blinders are off. You are alive if indeed you've given your heart to Jesus Christ. If not, you're blind in your sins. And we're told that it is the God of this world, speaking of the devil that has blinded their minds. There's a veil. We know that in the Garden of Gethsemane, he goes with his disciples and he prays. He went a little further with Peter, James, and John and he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. And then he went a little farther and fell on his face and he Pray to the Father and said, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Our Lord was troubled. We know that his, his sweat, per- perspiration became like blood. 
It was intense agony. And he looked to his friends and he said, watch with me. You know what he said to them, pray lest you enter into temptation. But they were tired. They were tired. I feel like as a church, we get, we get exhausted sometimes. You see, it's not like normal work that people do. It's spiritual work that we do. When we come here, Mauricio's not just out there watching the, the parking lot. He's a spiritual watcher of that parking lot. There's a spiritual battle that's happening. And we must dot our I's and cross our T's and be on the lookout. Not let our guard down. Not paranoid, but just, you know, we're, we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. It's all spiritual. So it's heavier and it's exhausting. It makes you want to sleep. <laughs> it does. Jesus loved these guys. They were great guys. They had a lot to learn. We have a lot to learn, right? But he said, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. In other words, if there's any way that man can be saved, but me dying on the cross and being separated from you, father, having the sins of the world upon me so that for the first time I sense that separation from you. Is If there is another way that man can be saved, let this cup pass. Nevertheless, thy will be done. There is no other way. Kids, don't let anybody tell you that there's other ways to heaven. There is not. Those are the imaginations of men. There is only one way for man to be saved, and that is through Jesus Christ's sacrifice. And that is why he submitted himself to the Father. He submitted himself to the cross. No matter how exceedingly sorrowful his soul was, he went forward. And that's why Hebrews 12 talks about, man, if you're like, you know, if you're discouraged and tired of, of in serving and stuff, look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, who endured the cross, lest you be discouraged in your souls and say, oh, again, I got to go to Wednesday night or I got to what? What is that? What is that? Hopefully that's five years ago. It's 2023 and the Lord can come back at any minute. I hope he comes on a Wednesday night. <laughs> Shoot, I hope he comes at prayer night. <laughs> we'll be, you know. And then Judas, as you know, came with a det detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests. And they came uh, with their lanterns, their torches, um, their clubs. They came for an army, it seemed. And he betrayed our Lord with the kiss, as you know, for 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord, knowing all things would come upon him, he went forward. When they came, when that group of troops came, our Lord walked towards them. Who are you looking for? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. He walked towards them. 
And they, and when he said, I am he, they, you know, they, they fell back to the ground as to, you know, better know who you're messing with. The fear of God is still the beginning of wisdom. It's still the beginning of wisdom. Some people say, watch out for Satan and all, and they tell the, the kids and grandkids, you know, the devil's going to, tell them the Lord's going to get them. Don't fear him who can kill the body and afterwards do nothing. Fear him who, after he kills the body, can kill the soul. And they arrested him, bound him. They took him to Annas, the high priest. And that's the first time where, you know, he's questioned about his doctrine and, and, and his disciples. And he said to, to them and you know, I spoke openly to the world is what he said. I always taught in the synagogues and in the temple where the Jews always met, meet. And in secret, I have said nothing, he said. And that's the first place where they struck him. They struck our Lord for the first time right there before Annas, the high priest. And he said to them, which is key. If, you, if I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why do you strike me? He challenged them. What evil have I said? What evil have I done? Testify of it. Our Lord is innocent. And you know this about both his religious trials and his civil trial before, the, before Pilate. He's innocent all the way through. This is the first place that they struck him. And then from there, they uh, take him to Caiaphas, the son-in-law of of, of the high priest Annas. Annas was the people's high priest. His son-in-law Caiaphas was the appointed high priest by the Romans. And so, you know the story. The Lord is before Caiaphas and it's just more and more questioning. And our Lord is, is just brilliantly dealing with that for you and for me. And they wanted to kill him because he threatened their religious power. He said that they love to do their works to be seen by men. He called them hypocrites. He said that they love to be called rabbi, rabbi. They love the best seats in the synagogues. They were in the religious business for just that. It was a business. The outside of their life looked good, but the inner man was not good. And he dealt with them. And all the people were, who were called to be able to see loved Jesus. They never heard anybody preach like him. He spoke with authority, not like the scribes. The Son of God was in their midst and he was giving them truth Truth that he is calling everybody to repent, including the religious leaders. They hated him for it. They didn't want to give up their power, their religious little kingdom. Not even to the Son of God himself. 
Jesus would say, do what they say, but don't do what they do, because they don't do. God is still looking for us to have a relationship with him that's based on service to him, a relationship that's based on doing, not just talking. Walk, walk, walk. Just talk. I don't want to be a Pharisee or a, or a scribe or a Sadducee. I don't want to be that. I want a relationship with God. I want to care for people. I want to love people. God help me. That's what we want. So many Christians today make up their own religious system. They bring down God's standards to fit their Christianity. I just read to you that he spoke about his impending death, that a, that, that a seed needs to, be, needs to die if it's going to produce. And he spoke specifically about serving him. It's all connected. True Christianity is serving the Lord. Show me your, what is it, uh, James? Show me your faith by your words, and I will show you my faith through my works. This is why they want to kill him. This is why many believers will turn. It's too much to serve them. They might even say, you know, that Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, you know, they're always talking about serving. That Pastor Ryan, you know, is just talking about serving all the time. It's not my doctrine. It's not Calvary Chapel doctrine. It's the Bible. You'll find a church where it's just all fun and games and Easter bunnies on Sunday. I don't condemn them. But you know we ain't gonna have he's not welcome here. <laughs> so what? How dare he at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills talk about the Easter bunny? So legalistic. There's just important things going on around the crucifixion and the resurrection. And there's very important things going on in the world. And so from there, they took him to Pilate. And the reason why will be said in the scriptures. Verse 28, it says, Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the Praetorium. That's where the soldier, Roman soldiers would, would stay. And it was early morning. But they themselves did not go into the Praetorium, lest they should be defiled, but that they should, that they might eat the Passover. And so again, we see here that there was two Passovers. If you missed, uh, when were we here? Wednesday night. There's two Passovers. The original one, according to Exodus 12, is on Abib or Nisan 14. And that's the day on Thursday that Jesus celebrated it 
with his disciples. It was the original date from Exodus 12. Later on, during the second uh, temple period, as a nation, the high priests, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they moved it to the following day, uh, Nisan Abib the 15th. That would take us in our story to the point where our Lord is being tried and eventually crucified is the same time. That day at nine in the morning, the time that they crucify our Lord, they open the gates and the men would bring in the lambs to be slaughtered at the temple. And they would be slaughtered and, and the shofar would blow and the Levites would sing praise from the sky. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.